Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyka. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merc Zone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. He is here. We're locked and loaded. We're ready to go. Uh, WrestleMania night one in the books. As of this recording next week, we will be reviewing, not recording, reviewing uh, WrestleMania night two. So we don't know the results of the winner take all match and like that. So don't shoot us. We're going to have to wait till next week on that one. So, um, but we do have results for NXT stand and deliver. We do have results for WrestleMania night one. We're going to go over that. We're also going to be talking, uh, some hall of fame. We're going to be talking the lions getting hard knocks this year, the lions in Detroit, the city of Detroit getting the NFL draft in 2024. And of course we're going to end the show like we always do with a mock draft corner. So Lots of good stuff going this week, Mike. Let's just jump right in, though. Lots of wrestling to talk about this week. First off, can we just talk about the amount of wrestling that has happened in the past, I don't know, 72 hours? It is insane. Like, GCW do the whole collective thing where they had, like, 12 shows in three days. We had Impact was running shows. New Japan was running shows. Ring of Honor had Supercard of Honor this week. Um and then, oh, on top of that, oh, by the way, we still have SmackDown. Oh, we still have the Hall of Fame. Oh, we still have NXT. Oh, and then we still have WrestleMania. Can we just talk a little bit about how WWE and WrestleMania as as the brand, right, has really transformed this week or this weekend into the, I guess, like the pinnacle of like, okay, this is when wrestling is at its highest points, right? Like, yeah. this is where everybody's like chips to the middle of the table. I mean, AEW didn't really, but like, uh, like yeah, I was just saying at, everyone, but AEW. Yeah. Well, I mean, they signed Samoa Joe, I guess if you really want to go crazy, but like everyone was like, all right, we're going to piggyback off WrestleMania. This is the biggest, I mean, even WrestleCon was there. The biggest wrestling weekend of the year is this weekend or this past weekend. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I was just saying, I, I feel like the last, like, five years yeah. it's kind of felt like that yeah but like this year kind of just like took it over the top i know where like Same because thing. like i always remember like well, like a couple i think it was like 2017 or 18 yeah. where you had it was it was for 33 so i think yeah. it was 17 but they had um the nxt show on friday mm-hmm. which was like the nxt new orleans show that was really good yeah. or maybe it was the year before mm-hmm. and then they had the super carter honor where the hardys had and the young bucks happened yep. and that was like a sold out show because right. they were having a ladder match right. and then the mania happened where the hardys returned yeah. and like i remember that weekend was just like news galore yeah, right. and i feel like this is like double overload. the amount of news it's I like mean, overload crazy just the amount of indie shows right that we've seen gcw we've seen Bloodsport, we've seen um okay um, and there's just so many, there's just so many things where you're just like, oh my gosh, like, you know, GCW did a thing I thought it was actually really neat where they're like, okay, we got a show at 9am, we got a show at 11p or 11am, we yeah. got a show at three, we got a show at eight, we got a show at midnight. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and, and I, I bought a couple shows just to kind of see what was going on. Yeah. You know, there was some couple, there was some cards, but like, you know, my boy, Matt Cardona, he wrestled three matches in one day and for three different companies on three different shows. And you're like, what is going on? Like. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun, you know. We're gonna have to make our way down here one of these years yeah. for one of these things, and we're just gonna have to be like, okay, okay. At nine a.m. we got to be at this show, and then at noon we got to be go here. There. We got to stop and grab food on the way to this show, yeah. and then by the way, we're gonna go to Mania at the end of the night. Like, we're gonna have to do it at some point. It's coming. It's gonna happen at some point. Um, but yeah, just a, I was just flabbergasted at the amount of uh, 
at the, really at the amount of, of of shows and the amount yeah. of talent that was in the in the building. It was it was really crazy. Um, you know, Ring of Honor's back as well. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that show, but if you did, just spoiler alert: um, if you're not signed to an AEW contract, you're probably not winning. <laughs> <laughs> Ring of Honor. Uh, we'll we'll kind of flesh that theory out as we go. Um, but uh, first thing I do want to talk about real quick, Mike, is the Hall of Fame uh, for WWE that happened on uh, Friday night. Um, you know, we had the Steiners go in in a lackadaisical type of deal. Uh, Queen Charmel came in to the overrounding crowds of who was that. And then, you know, we had Vader go in, which was important. Am I missing anybody besides besides Taker, Vader, or anybody else? Well, there was four, right? Right. Who was the other one that I'm missing? There's Vader, Scott Brothers, yeah. Queen Charmel. And then, oh, Shad Gaspar. Oh, yeah, Shad got the got the Warrior Award. Yeah. Um, I hate the Warrior Award itself because I'm the Warrior was a jerk. So, but anyway, um, yeah, Shad got it, rightfully deserved. And then, obviously, The Undertaker goes in. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, probably the best induction, like the best speech that they've ever done, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I, from a Hall of Fame perspective, like – most of the time it's incoherent sentences that these guys go out there and they just blah, 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 whatever. But, you know, Taker coming out, he didn't just stand behind the mic and, you know, do his six minutes. Like he really gave you an insight into the person, Mm -hmm. right. Which I thought was really cool. You know, they, I, I really enjoyed the fact that they didn't have him come out in character. Yeah. You know, Vince introduced him as Mark Calloway, the undertaker, like all those things to kind of, in a lot of ways, kind of put to bed the character, Mm -hmm. right? And kind of say, you know, thank you and goodbye. And at the same time, allowing the man behind that character, who, you know, for years has always been, like, strict to the character, right? Like, we never saw interviews with Taker out of character. You never saw him do any of this stuff until just recently, you Mm -hmm. know? So the fact that we got to see, I think, the person behind all the, you know... Yeah. You know, shits and giggles. Really, at the end of the day, I thought it was really, really, really well done. What, what did you think um, uh, of just based, of takers, especially? Of yeah, like, I was going to say, normally I don't like the Hall of I don't, Fame. I don't thing. watch it usually year to year. I, I, I usually kind of boop, boop. Okay, yeah, boop, boop. I was going to say, and that's for me for like every Hall of Fame for like even sports. Like, I never sit no, through the either. NFL or NBA. No. I think there's like choice guys. Yes. That like in in especially like down the line mm-hmm. when they get inducted, I'll probably go. Oh yeah, I'll watch that guy yeah. get inducted. Like mm-hmm. when like Brady gets inducted, yes. and stuff like that. I'll be like, okay, I'll be interested yeah. to watch that certain guy yes. in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But normally, I don't sit through the three hour event of watching like the Scott Steiner's talk because I'm like, <laughs> I just don't have any real yeah connection like, connection to, to yeah. them at all. Mm-hmm. But I do think Takers was of the ones that I've seen. One of the better ones, yeah. well, probably actually the best one. But yeah. like, I mean, they gave him time, you know, which was good. I appreciated yeah. that. I, I didn't think he rambled. I mean, it takes forever if you watch it on Peacock, right? Like, you can see there's like this massive chunk of time where you're like, oh, this is all Taker, but 10, 15 minutes of it is just him standing there yeah. because the crowd is just going ballistic, ballistic the yeah. entire time, and you know. That is, there are moments where, you know, we, we talk about it, we're, we're constantly harping and criticizing and trying to figure out why they're doing this and why we do that yeah. and everything else and who's going where and everything that comes with the, with the business as a whole. But moments like that, to me, 
are just like the little like the little nuggets where you go this is what makes this this sport this you know this thing whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it this passion this interest um as important and as you know as special because when you see a guy that's transcended the mm-hmm. business in so many ways get his final like thank yous and to really put him on that pedestal of like i mean vince mcmahon inducted him yeah i mean he's done it for him and stone cold Mm -hmm. he didn't do it for hogan he didn't do it for sean he didn't do it for brett he didn't do it for anybody like you know what i mean like it's stone cold and the undertaker that's who vince has inducted into the hall of fame that in itself is a major thing to me but to have somebody like that where it's he's just he's so far enough above almost anybody else to ever do it i thought was a really 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 cool moment yeah so i I thought it was extremely important and i thought it was extremely well done like i said Mm -hmm. if you haven't watched it and you're a fan even if you're not a fan currently and you're like oh my gosh you're doing so much wrestling last couple weeks if you ever watched wwe in any fashion you know who the undertaker is Mm -hmm. in some way shape or form whether you knew him as the American badass, whether you know him as the guy with Paul Bearer who put people in caskets, whatever version that you saw, you know who The Undertaker is. He's mm. he's one of the most iconic characters in entertainment, let alone in professional wrestling. So if you haven't, I highly recommend you watch it. It's not wrestling based. It is strictly a it's a you know, it's like a life kind of talk, I guess is the best yeah. way of putting it. I thought it was I thought it was extremely well done. Uh, so congratulations to him. Um, but yeah, let's go into NXT Stand and Deliver because I thought you know we we what's well, crazy you know and at, Mike. But while you're bringing up the card, I want to ask you this question: What did you think of NXT being like at like noon on a Saturday? And then okay, we got a little bit of a lull, and then we got night one. Did you feel like it kind of hurt this show because you're like, oh NXT, like okay, we're good, and then once we got done with Mania, you're like, oh yeah, by the way, like Ziggler retained. Like, mm-hmm. do you feel like it was kind of like? in the afterburner like do you think they should have placed it somewhere else or something like that or do you think like there's really where else you can put it that, see <laughs> that's a lot of ways yeah so that's kind of where it's at it's yeah. like where are you gonna put it mm-hmm. i think it's like the biggest problem you yeah. have i would have preferred it to be on friday but yeah. then you can't go against your smackdown programming right which is kind of annoying yeah um you could eat i think you could put it on thursday yeah like you have nxt on tuesday mm-hmm. nothing on wednesday put it on thursday and then you like because then you you kind of like finish up yeah nxt stuff right you let it simmer you like you, you let, let it have simmer its own day. You, yeah you have yeah. to have a day then friday no one really watches smackdown before no. wrestlemania anyway so then like you kind of like simmer through nxt mm-hmm. for a couple of days before you get to the hall of fame which is which is what friday night or saturday yeah, friday or whatever. Night, friday night, and then yeah. so the hall of fame is on friday night and then yeah. you have the you know the right. main show on saturday and sunday right. i do think that putting it at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. Like, it's like one of those where, like, no one watches, like, the 12 o'clock college football games. Yeah. Like, everyone's just, like, they put all the good primetime games on ABC at 7.30. Yeah. Like, there's a reason why they put them on 7.30 on ABC. Do you think, do you think takeovers are going away? Um, Like this? Where they're going to travel and actually go and do, like, big shows like this? Do you I, I, ho- I, I hope not. I think it's becoming but... more and more developmental. Like, so you know, what I mean? you know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, I don't know necessarily if they're going to want to continue to try to 
Yeah, I mean, I would, I want them to continue to do it. Yeah. But will they? Probably not. Yeah. I'm very interested to see that as we kind of and go it and kinda, some of these results kind of dictate why I'm thinking that as well. Yeah. Um, and I'll kind of get into that. But let's go through it. Um, you know, match by match here. Yeah. So we open with the uh, North American, uh, five way ladder match. Yep. Um, Cameron Grimes beating Carmelo Hayes and Grayson Waller and Santos Escobar and Solo Sika. Yeah. Wait, wasn't there was there not a six guy in here? No, I, I, think, so. I think it was only a five way. One, two, three, four. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, sure. I'm trying to. I was like trying to think. I was like, wasn't there a a ladder? Okay. Anyway, so anyways, yeah. So there were only five. The ladder five. was the six guy. The ladder was the six guy. Yeah. Uh, Cameron Grimes comes out on top of this. Um, I don't think. It's like super shocking that he came out. I think I, mean, this... I predicted it, so clearly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I did not predict it. Um, let's see. Uh, there were some really good spots in this one. Um, I think yeah. this was a really fun opener. Yeah. I think WWE needs to put like ladder matches on WrestleMania to like give that little spark in the morning in well, the beginning. Especially you know, especially when it comes to and we'll get to this more as we talk about Mania itself. But like, I always really enjoyed the six way ladder matches for the Intercontinental Title. Yeah. Because I felt like a you're getting some other guys on the card, right? Number one, number two, you're putting the t- Intercontinental Championship on a pedestal and be like, hey, like this is important. And three, um, you're getting a a um, you know a gimmick match is the best way of putting that, right? Where you're like, okay, like this is gonna open the show. We're gonna open up hot. Like yeah. no matter what you do, like and, and and we're gonna talk about the card placement for night one as well. But like no, and historically, WWE's like we gotta do something to start fast. We'll put Seth and Brock start yeah. the show or whatever. The, put the Intercontinental Championship like that in that position, like they're doing with the North American here, I think is just smart business yeah. rather than not having an Especially when you have a champion like Ricochet, I thought it was a perfect opportunity yeah, to you, put to shine a light on a guy who that's what he does. Is, yeah, he's a flippity-dippity yeah, flippity guy. Yeah. yeah, so Cameron Grimes wins. Um, I think it was overdue if, for him to get this win, by the way. Thought he should have won it earlier. Uh, glad he got his moment here, though. Um, and what can I say? I'm always right. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> right, so, yeah. Until we get to the tag titles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next, we had Tony D'Angelo defeating Tommaso Ciampa, which can, I think, be signified as Tommaso Ciampa's goodbye NXT match. Yes. Um, 1,000%. Going to the main roster because he's Do they have time on this? How much time was Yeah. There? So oh, yeah. So the North American title match went exactly 21 minutes. This match went 13 minutes, 12 seconds. Yeah, it could have went three minutes, and it would have achieved the exact same thing, yeah. quite frankly. I, this this match was not anything – Yeah, was not good. If I if I have any optimism after this show is that there's like three or four people that yeah. lost that hopefully just go to the main roster on Raw. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and Triple H came out at the end with, with Champa, which I thought was really cool uh, to kind of be like, you know – signify that it's kind of the end of yeah. that run of NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mean, the- I think that was like the solidifying factor too. It's like when he hugged him, it was like, good job or whatever. I was like, yeah, that's like the last guy yeah. from black and gold NXT. Yep. Like he's legitimately the, the last, last gun. Yep. So like him yep. leaving is like the okay. official, like, correct. You're, you're, it's, it's over. Yep. Yeah. Like you're, we're going full in this 2.0 mode. <laughs> uh, next we had the, what everyone thought and their mom thought was going to be the best match on the show, which ended up probably not being the best match on the no. show. Um, the three way tag team, triple threat tag team match. Yeah. Um, and shockingly also I to know. me, MSK I wins this title. MSK, MSK beat Imperium and the Creed brothers in 11 minutes and 22 seconds to win the titles. One, I thought, this match should probably have gone longer. Yes. And two, um, I'm cool with Imperium losing. Like, yeah. very okay oh, yeah. with that. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, 
I think the Creed Brothers probably should have won, but I think this also leads to MSK Creed Brothers at the next yeah, big show takeover, whatever ish event, Bash, Great American Bash, their their TV events or whatever mm-hmm. they do. So I think that I guess they could the Creed Brothers can win there and be fine. But I thought this could have been a nice like what would you say about the AW Face of the Revolution ladder match thing, where it's like you go through this entire tournament of the Dusty Club just to lose right you're can't just like, stand it. Okay. can't stand it i don't like it i think it's dumb why that and that's the point it's it's so much like that in in so many ways right i left that match thing i was like wait what why why they didn't need it like you know what i mean it, that was the part i didn't understand i was like this is an opportunity to elevate two more young guys right who who don't have that mouthpiece who are I mean, who do have a mouthpiece but have not found their footing themselves on the mic yet and they're two guys you're trying to build around msk could go to the main roster tomorrow and everybody would be like, okay, cool, MSK is on the main roster. And, and they'd fit right in. Yeah. Creed Brothers aren't there yet. They're not ready for that yet. So to for me, I was I, I think you're right where that spins off into that feud, and I get that. But I, it just didn't seem like the right thing. Yeah, I just feel like, like if the Creed Brothers won here and they yeah. did their rematch and yeah. then they won again, it's like, okay, so like MSK just can't beat them. Right. I exactly. think the idea that MSK wins the titles here – and then, yeah. like Creed Brothers can down the line build mm-hmm. up a little, like another month or two to yeah. then beat them. I think it's like fine. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't have yeah. a a big problem with that. Um, I guess yeah, this that, match was not later. as good as I was hoping it'd be though. But only went eleven minutes, so I, I, it felt like to me very much like cut and paste. Where it's like okay, A B C done, D E F done. done yeah. Like you know, so I didn't didn't feel as smooth. MSK was definitely the stars of this match. Yeah, um, and I think Imperium is very underrated as a tag team. Um, so then next we got, uh, the four way women's match, mm-hmm. which was much better than what I thought it was mm-hmm. going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had Mandy Rose beating Coral Jade, Iro Shirai and Kaylee Ray, um, keeping their, their three person faction, nice and strong, all having championships. Still. No, no, no. They lost the, the women lost the tag titles in the pre-show. Yeah. On the pre-show? Yeah, that's why we didn't talk about it, because it was on the pre-show. They did a pre-show <sighs> match where Raquel and Dakota Kai won the tag title. That is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put a title change on the pre-show? Yeah, I know, right? Sad. That's what I was confused about, too. I was like, wait, what is happening here? I, I was actually like, skipped by it when I was, because I, I got home late, so I had yeah. to rewind. And I was like, I, I like, I was like, where is this match? And I had to go all the way to the end. I was like, oh, it's all the way here. On the like, pre-show? Oh, and weird. they lost? Yeah. When does a title change ever happen on the pre-show? Ooh. That's crazy. I don't know. I don't remember last time. That's a fact check. That's a that's yeah, a fact check a moment fact right check, there. Sure. Um, anyway, Ooh, right. I wait, uh, and I don't know if it's the last time, but the one that sticks out of my mind is when the New Age Outlaws beat Cody and Goldust for the tag titles. Was that on that the pre-show? That was on Rumble. That was on a pre-show, but it that no, that's that was like 10 20, years I was gonna say that's like twenty fifteen. <laughs> that's like twenty fourteen now. <laughs> I know. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, so I get okay, so I'll yeah, take so that Mandy, in that statement because yeah. who knows? Who knows? Yeah. It's not on the sheet. Uh, Manny Rose wins though. Um, this was solid. This was a better match than I anticipated. It's a fatal four way. Um, usually those are hard to kind of really get over, right? Because it's like you just got so much stuff going on. Um, Manny Rose really coming into her own though. I thought this match over delivered considering who was in it. That, that for me was, um, Something where I looked at and I go, this match has potential to be either a total cluster bleep or this match is going to, you know, give it some time and let's mm-hmm. develop. You know, we had a new NXT Women's Championship belt that debuted. Yep. looks similar, but now they got like the rainbow-y stuff in the mm-hmm. background. Um, thought that looked nice. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I was a little shocked that Mandy Rose retained, especially because you just, like I said, women's tag titles, we had to change. NXT North American, new champ. Tag champs, new champs. Like, I thought, okay. Yeah, you're just going down the line. I kind of feel like, okay, we're just going to totally facelift here. Yeah. Um, 
But I think that they're like, hey, listen, let's keep Mandy Rose out there. She's a former main roster person, right? So let's let's keep her running. And I still think that Cora Jade is going to be the one to beat her for it at some mm-hmm. point. Um, but at the same time, I'm not necessarily mad at it. It's you know, yeah. like I said, it over deli- If there's one match where you look at it and you go, I was not looking forward to watching this match, but at the end of it, I went, eh, they won me over. This is the match. Yeah. Uh, next we had uh, Gunther. Yep. <laughs> Gunther. Skinny Gunther. Skinny Gunther. Yeah. Defeating LA Knight in 10 minutes and 25 yeah. seconds. Knight. Yeah. And uh, that was you know a match. This was solid. It was, it was his thing. It's all right. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I would love Gunther to just be on the main roster. Yeah. I think LA Knight's not long for this world. And either. yeah, LA Knight's um, gonna be coming up soon. But anyway, I just but... this one just kind of was like, okay, let's get two guys that people have some sort of investment in. Yeah. And put them together. That's kind of how it felt to me. Yep. And then the main event here we had Ziggler. Also, being between the two title matches here, that's, yeah. that's a tough sell. Yeah, Ziggler with Robert Roode beating Braun Breaker in 16 minutes and 15 seconds to retain the NXT Championship, meaning nobody, signifying to me nobody called, nobody called Ziggler winning this match. The no crowd, one did. The crowd yeah. was like, the crowd was like, "What is, is going happening? on?" Yeah, so this just signifies Braun Breaker. Oh, Braun's going up. raw. Yeah, yeah Braun's going, going raw. raw. He's going to SmackDown. Wherever the hell he's going, he ain't. He ain't yeah, he ain't, yeah. And that's the point though that I was alluding to earlier, where. When you look at what NXT has become now, right? Look at what Braun Breaker... Look at this track record, right? Debuts, beats LA Knight, immediately is just like, oh, he's feuding with Champa. Mm -hmm. Wins the title, loses the title, loses here. He's got like 35 matches Mm -hmm. in his entire career. This, to me, signifies this is what NXT is now becoming. And I think it is the criticism that they faced early on in the Triple H run of NXT, where it's like, man, they're great in NXT, but as soon as they get to the main roster, they die. WWE went, okay, we're going to go the complete other extreme where, listen, NXT is going to be developmental, but we are developing these guys to go to Raw to succeed rather Mm -hmm. than to succeed in NXT. And, like, we want them to get over in NXT because it needs to be a watchable show. But that does not – but they are setting these guys up to leave is that does that make sense mm-hmm. right where when you bring in the finn balors and you bring in the samoa joes and they come out and they have these banger matches for nxt it's like okay great but then they bring them up to the main roster and it's not the same it's, it's a different it's a different you know size pool it's a di- there's a whole bunch of external factors but wwe is saying listen we are going to start making new stars and we're going to use nxt the way that maybe people thought they should have been doing with just the established stars they're taking guys and they're going nope Bottom floor, we are going to build these people. And and yeah. I think that Braun Breaker is the shining example mm-hmm. of a perfect scenario where they're going, this guy can be a main event star for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think um, a slight problem that some of these guys are going to have, but yeah. I think will get fixed in the main roster, is like I don't think Braun Breaker could take like Solo Sika like mm-hmm. just to name like a random yeah. guy and like have a great match with him Correct. yet. Like he's Correct. not leading, yes. but I think giving him enough, like giving him this with Ziggler shows that, okay, you can go up, yes. have a match with Rollins and Rollins can carry you through and, and have a, and hang yeah, for a little bit. For sure. So I thought this I, match actually was really good. I thought, yeah, I do too. Yeah, and I think I, Ziggler yeah. puts on good matches with just about anybody. Yeah, he's like sure. one of those but guys, I thought but this was a perfect example of, of okay, like let's let's put him in with somebody who can really go right, mm-hmm. and then also he didn't look out of place. I didn't think he looked out of place against Champa, another great like, yeah, exactly. ring yeah. guys. Um, I think you're 100 percent spot on where they are going to need guys that can 
that can drive, I guess is the best way of putting that, right? Yeah. Of guys that can like, okay, listen, I can take anybody from anywhere, pluck them, and have a, a sellable match with, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think Breaker is going to be a star for them. I think Ziggler being that guy in NXT right now to where, you know, he's kind of going back and forth, but as like a benchmark, mm-hmm. I think he's super smart because it's like, okay, listen, if he can't get a good match out of you, or if he comes to the back and everyone goes so, and he goes, nope, yeah. then you know, right? Like if, if, if Ziggler can't get it out of him, then nobody is going to get it out of him, yeah. right? And I think that Braun is a, is a perfect example of – they're the way they want to start building younger stars. This is how we want to do it. Yeah. Right. So I, I, you know, and you look at the guys, you look at the LA Knights of the world where you're like, they're a little bit more veteran, but like those guys are coming, right. Yeah. You can see, um, you know, a lot of these younger guys coming up where you can tell like they're, you know, the, the wagons behind them. Gable Stevenson's coming in at some point. He's going to be, uh, freaking wrecking ball of, yeah. of, a, of a monster you know i think they got somebody else too that they yeah they have ready to well, go i wouldn't even, i wouldn't be shy if guys like carmelo hayes yeah gets up and he's a yeah. he's an ic competitor oh, yeah. for or, or 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 joins yeah. a tag team with like ricochet mm-hmm. and them two are like doing their high fly flippy dippy stuff yeah as, they have a, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of leeway here with nxt but that's what i'm saying is that i think and i think people need to start understanding that you can no longer compare nxt now to what it was yeah. because it's there's a different objective mm-hmm. instead of trying to make nxt a third brand where it's like this is rivaling or even at some point surpassing raw and smackdown yeah it's no longer about that it's strictly about growing cultivating and getting talent up to the main roster yeah. that is what nxt is now yeah. so i think people need to adjust expectations mm-hmm. when com- like they don't mention nxt on earnings calls they don't mention nxt when it comes to ratings, because mm-hmm. they don't they don't care. It's yeah. not about that. It's strictly about how do we start to make the next wave of stars. Yeah, and that's really what it's about. So, overall, give me a grade for this show. Um, like a in the super hard extra yeah. mic grading scale. God, it's like a it was like a C C yeah. plus. Yeah, that's right. I gave it to. That was average. I thought there was moments where it stuck out, but overall, yeah, overall it was like okay. Um, but yeah, that was that was NXT staying to deliver. It happened, and yeah, my new after all will yeah, be cool. We all went up and took a nap for a couple hours. Mike was working because he's a hard worker, but yes. I was taking a nap. And then uh, now we're gonna go to WrestleMania Night One. WrestleMania Night One, where we went to uh, takes place in uh, Dallas here, Arlington, yeah. Texas, um, home of the yeah. NFL Cowboys, Cowboys. <laughs> which was said multiple he times. Said now, that but they were the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders, but the NFL Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah, okay. yeah. It's my, it's my, it's my actually my favorite football team. I don't know if you knew that. It's oh, the yeah. NFL Cowboys. Oh, okay. It's like wearing a hat to a football game with the NFL logo on it. Yeah, like, and you're like, I'm, I'm just a fan I, of football. football in general. Yeah, I just like all the teams. I like every team equally. Like, Punch in the face, but it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, first off, oh, thoughts on really thoughts fun. on like the set. And everything. I thought it. Lo- I thought the actual like the stage and everything else like that. I yeah. No. Looked. I think everything. I think this is the first Mania since thirty five. Yeah. That's actually like looked mm-hmm. like Mania because obviously thirty six was COVID. Yeah. Thirty seven was like the first one with fans, mm-hmm. but like it still kind of like didn't feel. Yeah. Right. Like the yeah. Mania feel kind of. But everyone was like socially distanced. Yeah, everyone. Bit. Yeah. It was, it was, like, capacity. It was like, yeah. yeah. So there were like a good like forty thousand people in there. Right. Like this was the first one was like you were just like all right this is probably this is like yeah. this is like the full event mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to have that back. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So in this first match, we had. We talk about the pre-show too. Went two hours. 
had no matches on it. So you had a two-hour pre-show to talk about a four-hour regular show and didn't have any matches on it. How does that make any sense? This night one was great, and yeah. we're going to talk about it, but that's dumb. I'm you know what's sorry. Crazy? It was I don't like, need to hear Jerry the King Lawler stumble over his word for twelve for four hours. That's not okay. Well, like, why, yeah, like, why couldn't instead of putting those matches on SmackDown, no just kidding. put the IC yeah, tell on yeah, a pre-show, put them onto the Giant Memorial Battle Royal, all that stuff on the pre-show? Why not? I just don't get yeah. it. Yeah, that's crazy no, to me. Especially because you had to cut a match for time and move it to night two. <laughs> that's the other part that's even more insane to me. Where I go, why w- not? Why not put the New Day on the pre-show against Bridge Holland and Sheamus? Yeah, like what the hell? Um, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you had a two-hour pre-show for a four-hour show. That's it's like so funny. Everybody needed a half hour to talk about the eight matches on this card. Yeah. Uh, so our first match, we had the Usos beating Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura. Ooh. Only went seven minutes. But the big, uh, the big story in this one was Rick Boogs tearing his quadricept. Yeah. Something with the quadricep tendon or yep. something. They said it on the show. I don't remember what it was. It was something yeah. that sounded pretty bad, though. Yeah. Um, trying to lift, trying to do the Cena 25 spot where you lift up both of your opponents. Yep. And his Fuck knee just kind of yeah. just, like, buckled, buckled down. The top, basically. Yeah. And uh, so I think the match was just shortened. Shinsuke, they were just calling off. They were, there was a moment where Jey Uso had Shinsuke in a headlock, and they just talked for, like, four minutes yeah, trying to figure like, out what, like, hey, what they we got to call do. on Audible here. Yeah. This match, I'm going to give them a mulligan on this one because yeah. obviously I think, honestly, I, even with Shinsuke and Boogs, they're not like the most experienced tag team in the world, clearly. But yep. like, I think given the time, I think this match could have been a lot better. But when you have an injury like that, it's kind of one of those deals where it's like, okay, we got to call them fly. Luckily, Shinsuke and the Uso, they've been around so long. Yeah. If Shinsuke would have gotten hurt, I would have been a lot more concerned because like, okay, now the Usos are really going to have to drive Boogs yeah. to kind of get to where we need to. I don't necessarily think the result would have changed. I think the episodes yeah. probably still retain here. Um, but I don't really consider this like a downfall to this show because you can never predict injury. So yeah. I never felt like this match got out of first gear. And mm-hmm. I think they just went, hey, listen, let's let's hit the high notes, right? Let's hit the high stuff, right? Shinsuke had his moment early in the match. Let's get the splash in. We'll get the false. We'll get the one day, one, two, three, rain and out. We're clean. Yeah. Let's Let's just get out of here. Yeah, so <clears throat> so that happened. That yeah. was kind of crazy. It was a good, it was a good match to start, but yeah. it was. Yeah, we're uh, going to talk about match short. placement here at the end of this because I do think it's important to kind of review. Yeah. Next, we had Drew McIntyre taking on Happy Corbin with Mad Cat Moss in the corner, who does not have a broken neck. I will say that every time because he yeah. almost died like yeah. two months ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, this match went eight minutes and forty seconds with McIntyre getting the win off of a Claymore, mm-hmm. if I am not mistaken. Yep. I'm pretty sure it was Claymore. Yeah, after he uh, after after he hit the future shock, after he kicked out of the end of days, end of days which yep. is by far one of the coolest moves I, ever. I, I, it I do so like sweet. it. It's cool. Too bad. Um, it's on- too bad it's Baron Corbin's finish. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, Drew McIntyre wins. This match was fine. Yeah. Um, but think for about, what, it was yeah. like it was one of those like for what it was, mm-hmm. it was fine. Yep. Um, but yeah. like definitely didn't need to be there. No, this is a match that you go to see on SmackDown or on Backlash or any of the throwaway pay per views. But at the same time, I will give them credit for two things. Number one, going on second sucks. Yeah. Uh, number two, knowing that everybody in the world and their mother who's never watched wrestling goes, oh, that guy's going to win, and it's not close. Yeah. I thought they did a really good job of getting the crowd back and really eight minutes. I think from a production standpoint, a perfect amount of time. I didn't feel bored watching this match because they didn't allow me to feel like, oh, we're still going, huh? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like I thought we did just enough. Got a couple big false finishes in at the end. The deep six was a good one, right? We had the big flip that McIntyre did on the top of the two of them, kicking out of the end of days, right into the future, right into the Claymore kick. Perfect. Everything yep. was good. 
Didn't need the whole sword choppy deal though with the end nope. with the ring ropes. But... <laughs> that Apparently happens. it's a sharp sword, everybody. It was a sharp sword that was really flimsy when it hit the mat, but oh, it happens. Yeah. Uh, next match, Rob was so not interested in this one. <laughs> and in. and one yeah, man won with, me over. And one man with a very expensive Pokemon card yep. won him over. Yep. Logan Paul and the Miz defeating the Mysterios, Dominic and Rey Mysterio. Mm-hmm. Um going in was really funny sitting next to Rob going, God, this match gonna suck. Yeah, I'm just, just gonna not. sit here. It's just like it's like sticking a knife in me. <laughs> it was just everything. And then watching it, he was like, Oh Logan Oh okay the Miz oh, okay Dominic's still not good. <laughs> so everything was good. <laughs> No, and I, uh, and Logan and Miz get the listen, win. Listen, you're you're 100 spot on. I was like, man, if there's a popcorn match for me to go, we went to Imagine Theater to watch this show, by the way, and you know, and we, we went there, and I'm like, all right, if there's any time I need to go to the bathroom, need to get a refill, this is that match. Um, but pleasant surprise, this is a banger of a match. This really was. Yeah. Once again, it cannot be understated how good the Miz is. Yeah. Coming from somebody who earlier in life was like man i just can't stand this dude and yeah. not for like the good reasons of he's a good he i just i just can't stand it. yeah i have really grown to respect and admire how good the miz is mm. he really is phenomenal and, and shout out to, to logan paul like this dude came out he had actual wrestling gear on he didn't come out in a hoodie and sweats he came out had real gear made um you could definitely tell that they kept him protected and they like yeah. okay like here's we're gonna set him up for success here but he looked better than Dominic Mysterio did here. Yeah. A thousand percent. The Miz and him, and I, the whole, I'm assuming he's coming back, Paul, yeah. is because with the finish where the, they get the win, which I thought was shocking, but it's a celebrity, folks. Celebrities win. Um, and then the turn, right, mm-hmm. where Miz hits him, I don't know if we're going to get a feud here. It's kind of weird to me because, it's like, who's the babyface? There's no way Logan Paul can be a babyface. Everybody yeah. hates this dude. Yeah. And yet, Miz clearly can't, so I don't know what they're going to do about that, but... I thought this match over-delivered by leaps and bounds. Yeah, I also thought the finish was so awesome. It was a great finish. Absolutely great finish. Like him tagging in while they both turn around for the 619. Right. Also, I don't feel like it could be a legal tag either. Yeah, well, he didn't hold the tag ropes. Because he didn't hold the tag ropes, and he, like, jumped down on the floor to make the tag. Yeah. So I was like, I don't think that's technically legal. Yeah, well, he was legal. also like in the middle of the ring. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. he was in the middle. Yeah. So he had to go all the way to the middle yeah. of the ring to make this tag. So yeah. I don't think it's like the most legal tag ever. But still, creatively, yes. I thought it was an awesome way to end it. Yes. That felt like the ending felt like an FTR Young Bucks kind mm-hmm. of finish. Where it was just like, we just clever. outsmarted. Yeah, yeah, it was a like clever. clever yes. And we just outsmarted you kind of thing. Yeah. Which I really like when they do stuff like that. This match, if there's a match where you went, wow, that really was like. Yeah, when going in with such low expect, at least for me, going in with such low expect, I'm like, man, this is gonna drag. Like, and I felt like they're gonna give him too much time. Thought this was perfect cadence, perfect pacing, and it really delivered. Yeah. I like I said, Miz deserves a lot of damn credit. So does Jake. So does so does Jake Paul. So Logan, does, Paul. Logan Paul. Sorry. So does Logan Paul. So do the Mysterious for getting him there. But yeah, they look like a tag team. And we talked about it before the tournament. Like, I would totally pay to see them yeah. as tag team champions, and it. I think it works. Mm-hmm. He's an athlete. He was in shape. Came ready to go. He respected the process, and he came in, and I thought he delivered on a big stage like that. So hats off to, to those guys. Yep. Uh, next up, we had the to go away, though. <laughs> next up we had uh, the Raw Women's Title match. Becky Lynch coming in as champion. Uh, Bianca Belair coming in as champion or as challenger. Yep. This match goes 19 minutes, 20 seconds. Knew right from the beginning when Bianca or uh, Bianca came out second that she was definitely winning this match, <laughs> but. Nonetheless, really, really solid match here between the two. Oh, yeah. Uh, did not think 
going in, this was going to be a solid match. Yeah, this was the match where you were like, mm, this was a match where like there. the appeal was there, yeah. but like the match, I was like, I don't think this could be good. I do, I do think for something crazy about Becky, that like it's, it really is big yeah. time Becky because like normally her matches are slow and awful and boring to yeah. watch, but like when she has to bring it on Mania mm-hmm. or if it's not nine seconds at SummerSlam, right. Or you know the big four pay per views generally mm-hmm. like she she could bring it a little oh, bit yeah, and especially with someone like Bianca or Sasha they can this work is a top with five her. match for me for Becky Lynch yeah probably this, this honestly top five I, match yeah for me. probably yeah I would have to like go through but like yeah. I I can't think of like four off the top of my head that I'd definitely take over this especially one. in a singles match where it's just it's just yeah. her and I, like all the ones I think of her in like thirty five with Rousey and Charlotte but I was like but like Charlotte was there kind of carrying this yeah but still though like that's like, a great she, match yeah that's a great match by her but I was like this one like solo it's just her and Bianca going at it for 20 minutes. Yeah. I thought they both did really well. Totally Bianca wins story. and great storytelling, great yeah. everything. Um, this is right. This has got to be right up there. 1A, 1B for me as best show or best uh, match of the night. I mean, Oh yeah, yeah this is definitely 1A, 1B. In a second because yeah. they really stole the show. I, and it, I don't think it can be understated how over Bianca Belair is. Everybody mm-hmm. loves this woman. Like they love her, you know, like mm-hmm. it, she is, the personality comes through. She's an athletic freak, which I think helps a ton. Great promo. Everybody is just like, yep, she's believable. Her mm-hmm. matches are good. She's just, she really is. I think she's the top baby face in WWE in the women's division. Yeah. And I don't really think it's even all that close, to be honest. Like, I know no. Sasha's got a hardcore following, but yeah. she's in and out right now. From a consistency standpoint, yeah. right now, I don't think... Well, also, Sasha, like, half the time is a, as a heel, right, too. Right, that's what I'm so, like, right, yeah. like, she's, like, a tweener at times, yeah. too. Like, I, I much prefer Sasha, but Bianca is, like, purely face. Yes. Like, 100% of the time face. Yeah. I think Bianca is, is the best yeah, part she, of the best she face. She really is, and yes. she's going to carry the Raw women's side for a hot minute here. I really yeah. think this is the time where they're really going to give her a run. Yeah. Um, And I'm all about it, personally. Yeah. I think she's fantastic. I think she's awesome. Yeah. Um, Becky, first clean loss in what three years yeah i think they said since she won the title it was like three years um yeah i can't i literally cannot think of a last time that she lost clean like legitimately it must come it must come at a pay-per-view between 34 and 35 yeah um i I I just there's i mean that there's something to say about that as well right i mean it's the little things like that where you go oh crap okay like we're really going so interested to see where they kind of go from here I really hope they just don't do a rematch because there's no way it's going to be able to live up to this match. No. So I'm really. I would assume they do. The the thing that worries me about that one too is uh, because the storyline was like this championship's all that Becky has type deal. Like they go that route. Mm -hmm. So it's like now that she doesn't have it, it's either one is she has to rematch right away because she wants it back so badly, or two, it's they could go the route where it kills her that she doesn't have it. So she maybe beats up other people first, and then at SummerSlam you get the rematch or something. But yep. um, either way, yeah, um, I this match was phenomenal. But I thought this match was awesome. Back to back years, Bianca Belair delivering on a pretty big stage. That's yeah, nothing to nothing to shy away from here. No, oh yeah, no, she's yeah, she's she's a player. She's a player. Uh, next up, so we had the Rollins Open Challenge. So Rollins yes. comes out. Woo. He's just kind of hanging out there. Man, the, the, the hype package before yes. was hysterical because yes. that the six-minute video on Twitter of him going to Vince McMahon's office Hilarious. was hysterical. Yes. Um, so they showed basically the entire package. Mm-hmm. He comes out, awesome gear. Just literally everything about Rollins was awesome in this yes. one. Yes. He comes out. He's waiting there. He's like, ha, 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 I got you. Mm-hmm. I got you. And then – I'm having a small heart attack. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I was freaking out I a little bit. 
Um, lights go out. Laughing at us. Yeah, Andrew. Andrew was with us. He was laughing at us. Lights go out. Funny part was everyone turned their flashlights on thinking it was Bray Wyatt. Too, I know. I think. And then there's one, there's one kid sitting next to us. Like, there's a lot of fireflies in the audience, and me and Mike both go shut up. Like, and I, I don't know if we said it loud enough for that kid to hear, but I don't take it back. Shut I, up. I don't yeah, take it back like, either. Like, if he ever listens like, to this show, yeah, yeah shut stop up it. and yeah. stop talking. Yeah, stop it. Um, and okay. then you had the, and then you had the guy. We, we work for this, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Co- Cody Rhodes comes out from up from the bottom of the stage i thought they i thought this was a perfect i mean they they literally got it to the point where it's just like dead air no one's talking yeah like and i thought that, that was so important that they didn't have Corey graves or anybody like who's it gonna be who's it gonna be yeah. who's it gonna be like they just let it sit yeah. and build and build and build. and we talked before the show and i was like man well as soon as they kill the lights yeah. It's like, and then we're gonna see the the logo, and then the you know, there's only there's more than one royal family. It's just gonna be bananas, in the words yeah. of Gorilla Monsoon, and it just was bananas. Oh, so good. Oh, so I kind of want to go back and watch it because I feel like the audio wasn't as good. No. in the theater, mm-hmm. at, like, yeah. I, I want to like, just go home and like watch and see like not having the reaction I will have next time. Just like watch what everyone else was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, was, but yeah, it was crazy. He comes out, huge pop. People going crazy for Cody. Yeah. He comes down in his normal. Yeah, yeah. Kept his. So AEW I think gear. it's starting because if you haven't seen it, right? Kept his gear. Mm-hmm. Kept the look. Kept the logo. Mm-hmm. Kept the music. Yeah. Kept the name. The American. Everything that Cody is now. It's it's, it's that his. in the AEW, yeah. And it's and it's him, right? So I think that is so so important to mention that as well because he didn't come in with. You know, smoke and mirrors and all the others. Like, it yeah. is him. Yeah, you know. So that is, yep. game's gonna change. Yeah, and then here. he gets he gets in the ring. They start their match, and the first like ten minutes were kind of slow or whatever. The typical, to, me, it's a, but it's it a, a typical, typical Cody, Cody match. match for me. I was like, because yeah. uh, somebody made a mention of this too online the next day. Like, man, the crowd really died after the, the initial. They did, and I, and I was like, I go, that's the point though. A little bit. It's it's to, it's to bring them down. Yeah. To then, okay, let's settle, and then let's bring them right back up, and mm-hmm. let's tell that story, let's tell that arc. Yeah. Um it, And that's that's a Cody match. Yeah. And I think there was a very arc. the very specific moment. So they went like 10, 12 minutes. Yep. And then Cody does like the cartwheel, cartwheel. and yep. the Stardust thing, yep. and that everyone was just like, oh boy, oh. we're going there. And I thought, and and to, to that point, and I mentioned this to you actually in the theater when Corey Graves says that is him shedding his skin he makes a very poignant line there i thought that is such a subtle thing where i don't think like the six-year-old in the audience isn't going to pay attention to that but the people that overanalyze this crap like we do to to say that and to acknowledge it by cody and saying all right you seen it we're done it's dead it's over we're done with it this is yeah this this is is me yeah and I thought that was so important, and I thought that was the a perfect example of a wrestler and then the announcers putting over what they just did in the ring and explaining it to the people that maybe were like, why did he just do a cartwheel? Yeah. And then explaining it and people going, oh, okay, yeah. right? And now it sets the mentality just a little bit different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, extremely important there. Those matches great, by the way. Yeah, I really is. do. I thought this delivered. Seth Rollins, Cody. I mean, we. I literally said, "Go, isn't it weird? We could definitely see this match in the main event of Mania next year, and nobody would complain." Yeah, like it's insane. What did you think? I do want one question on this before we move on. What did you think of Rollins kicking out of the crossroads? Because 
I saw some people online, they were like, you know, out of, you know, it's his first night back. I get it's mania. So, you know, finishers don't have nearly the same effect doing it once. You just do it twice. But it is his first night back. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised at all to see Rollins kick out of the first crossroads there? Not, not necessarily, because yeah. I think in AEW, it wasn't a protected yeah, move well, really at all. No, right. Like, yeah, it's not the actually, day, the right? one that he pulled out was he had that weird, like, backbreaker, or not the, well, I don't even know what it was. like a glory bomb thing where yeah. you, like, hold him up, and he just drops him on his neck. Yeah. I felt like that was more impactful than the crossroads. Like, yeah, yeah. He, like he won with the crossroads a lot, mm-hmm. but he never, like, yeah. that was never, it never was always, like, Kenny's one wing where it was like, yeah. oh, yeah, one of them, it's like, that's over. over right? Like, he always hit, like, six of them right. in the middle of matches. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't really bother me. Yeah. I bet he'll come out with some crazy, like, Stormbreaker type mm-hmm. move that will Ospreay you. Like he'll come out with some new finish yeah. at one point that'll be his like I'm killing you with this one. But yeah. I, it doesn't bother me at all. No, I didn't. I didn't have an issue with it either. And I think because and I think also that here's another thing. You have to keep Seth strong here. Yeah, like, Seth is a main event world champion caliber guy. So it's not like you could have had him come in. Like if he would have came in and steamrolled him in five minutes, I'd have been pissed because yeah. that's doing a disservice now to Seth, mm-hmm. who is here, literally here to make Cody look good. But yeah. there's a way to do it where both men can walk out and you go, "That was a great match," and I will pay to see that every single time. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I thought they did a phenomenal job. What's better in your? What did you like better? Did you like this or did you like uh, Becky and Bianca better? Oh, I like I liked uh, this Cody match I did better. Too. I did too. It's but, by a very thin margin, though. I yeah. was actually surprised looking back. I was like, man, that women's match was pretty darn. Pretty yeah, darn nice. I was crazy that these were back to back too. Yeah, yeah, we really were peaking here. Uh, <laughs> we were really yeah. peaking here, and then uh, so our co-main event here, yep. which we didn't know was the so we get the Hall event. of Fame stuff in between. Yeah, a little bit of a lull, right? Everybody comes out, says their high highs, right? Taker comes out, does his whole thing. And then yeah. we get it. So well, we have a little so, bit of a break. I was going to say, we also had the Gable Stevenson after the oh, yeah. Bianca Belair match, I believe it was, yeah. where they introduced him and he kind of just like stood around and talked for a bit. Yeah. Um, then we had the co-main, which we thought was going to be the main event at one yeah, point. Right, exactly. <laughs> uh, SmackDown women's title match, Charlotte Flair beating Ronda Rowdy Rousey in 18 minutes, 21 seconds. Uh, she beat her by cheating Kind of. Kind of, right, yeah. Like she knocks the referee down, she right, taps, yes. but doesn't really tap because the ref doesn't see it. Kicks her face and off. And then kicks her face off and then uses the ropes, I believe, no, in the pin. Did, no, no it was clean. Was it clean? Yeah, okay. I, I, could, I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't remember yeah. if she used the ropes or not. Um, she pins her um, and beats Ronda Rousey. Uh, I'm not necessarily shocked. I was a little shocked. Like I'm, I'm like shocked, but like not like really shocked because Charlotte, Charlotte always yeah. is Charlotte. Like Charlotte would be Oscar for the undefeated streak and everything. Like yeah. Charlotte, like oh, it was a lot more. Offended yeah, by that Charlotte one. comes out and just like wins at Mania normally. So, um, thought this match was fun. It was really good. I, yeah. I we talked about this pre-show or uh, pre-show here is that we, you know, I thought this match was in a dead spot no matter what because you you follow back-to-back bangers like they had to. That's. I don't care who you are. That's really, really tough. Um, I, the one thing I thought that this match did have going for it, though, was the fact that it looked a little clunky at mm-hmm. times. And I think that actually kind of lended itself to the story of them not liking each other. And the, you know, I thought that the aggressiveness, and I thought they really beat the crap out of each other at times. Like, there were some moments where I was like, man, Charlotte, like, you saw Rousey's chest. Charlotte really got in there with those chops. And then yeah. Rousey, like, had a couple shots there where I was like, good Lord, some of those throws, I'm like, I don't know how Charlotte's arm is not dislocated in some of these. Like, 
it really it really felt like to me that they were going you know for a fight brawlish type style and i think that's what you have to do it because rousey is just so like all or nothing she mm-hmm. doesn't know how to pull a punch it feels like at times so it's it's very much like that was a little bit shocked by the result but i think they were dead in the water no matter what based on the placement yeah. and you know what i read some reports this morning that rousey was mad that they didn't main event but guess what if they would have had to have followed Becky, Bianca, Seth, Cody, KO show, they were going to be – the crowd would have been dead by the time they got to the main event. There yeah. would have been no way that they would have been able to get there. So mm-hmm. um, for that, thought it was fine. Um, very interested to see what's going to happen with this storyline, though, because clearly this isn't over. Yeah. So very interested to see that. Uh, yep. So then we uh, came out with the main event, yep. which I feel like knowing it was main eventing, it had to turn into something. Mm-hmm. So Kevin Owens comes out, does his talk. Full gear, by full the way. Full gear. Come, yeah, yep. pretty much. Uh, he comes out, talkie talks for a minute, talks, this is Texas, and this yep. is this, does, does his healing thing. The, getting the fans really riled up. Yeah, had a good couple funny lines, singers, yeah. and stuff, whatever. And then uh, glass Austin, break. the glass breaks, people freak out. It was awesome. Man, that crowd. Uh, the crowd, crowd goes, erupts. Yeah, yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, Austin comes out in his relative gear. He comes yeah. out with his knee brace. He doesn't come out with the vest. We came out with the 316 shirt, so it was like, close enough. Yeah. Um, he was like, I'm not in shape I'm enough sure to that wear it. shirt sold a bunch. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't even begin to imagine. Yeah. Um, so he comes out in his wrestling gear relatively. Actually, yeah. comes out in a in a four-wheeler, or an yeah. ATV, which is kind of cool. Um, but he does all his thing. He sits down. Kevin Owens sitting there and just like Molly Wap talking to him. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, you know, actually, I kind of – I didn't call out here to talk to you. Right. I called out to wrestle you. Yeah. And not just wrestle you. Yeah. I want to fight you. Yeah, I want so a no-holes-barred no yeah. bar match. Because I was like, yep, that's exactly what you're going to do. Because yeah. you're not going to have a wrestling match. No. You're going to have a no-holes-barred match. No. And then Austin goes – Oh right, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Throws the stuff out. So then they have a nice little match. They go into the crowd a little bit. They do all this stuff. They beat each other. Austin takes a suplex on like concrete, and did I was not, like, okay, yeah, that was cool. Did not see that coming at all. Uh, but Austin, I would say like eighty-five percent was in control oh, of, of this match. Yeah, of course. Um, but listen, Austin gave even KO a couple suplexes on the stage. No. You can't feel good for Austin. No. I mean, Austin got thrown all over like the barricade and stuff. Like Austin took a. Took a pretty decent amount of damage here in this match, considering what it was. Yep. Um, I don't think it can be understated how over Stone Cold Steve Austin still is. Oh, yeah. Like, at 57. And I thought he looked really good. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like, th- like I obviously, he was protected. Duh. But, like, at the same time, I don't think at any point in time Kevin Owens looked bad in this match. Like... Mm-hmm. Threw him in the barricade, right? We got the typical Stone Cold coming back, hitting the big clothesline. Like, Stone Cold put his working boots on a little bit in this. Now, obviously, they weren't going to have some technical masterpiece Survivor Series 96 Austin Brett. That wasn't going to happen. But at the same time, you know, the uh, going through the crowd, the suplex on the concrete, probably the biggest bump of the night, if you had to say there was one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to kind of finish it out where, okay, Owens hits the stunner, and everybody loses their minds there. I thought this was so well done on so many levels. And I think, if nothing else, I hope that this leads to Kevin Owens getting another push. Mm -hmm. Because 
I, I don't think it can be understated how important it is to have somebody in there who can take care and elevate a guy like Stone Cold at his age and, you know, being as limited as he is. I thought this was I thought this was phenomenal. I really do. This is this is what Mania is about. This is a moment. We're yeah. not gonna forget when Stone Cold came out of retirement after nineteen years and came in in Dallas, Texas and had a match. Not mm-hmm. a five second rock beat Eric Rowan deal. No, no. Had a match. Like that this is a moment right here, right? Mm-hmm. Like that they just made. And that's that's something we haven't seen in Mania in a few years. Where like that legit like, oh, I'm gonna remember that. That yes. thing, right? You're gonna remember this, and they went out. This was the right call to go off the show with this. There was, uh, this was good. Yeah. This so yeah. Good. So Austin wins. Yeah. Um, thirteen, fourteen, and hits. I think stunners. he drinks thirty-five beers. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Kills Byron Saxon. Saxon sells it really funny. Yeah. Uh, like Biggest you should if in you. Life, yeah. Sure. I would have taken it a million times over. Are you yeah. kidding me? Um, yep, yeah. and then the show goes off the air. They did through the show. They had like a hype package after every match for yeah. the upcoming match. So I figured out why that was, by the way. That was only for the paid Peacock people, the non-paying Peacock people, like the ones like like because I have Xfinity, right? So okay. I get just like free Peacock, you know? Yeah. They were doing like Snickers and like Heart Mike's Hard Lemonade. Oh. So they were trying to time it because they realized that they were going to commercial on the non non-paid version. And people were missing intros and stuff at old pay-per-views. So they're trying to sync it up so where you as a paid Peacock person, like we were in the theater, got that pre-match hype videos while other people were watching a Snickers commercial. Oh. Yeah. So I figured that okay. out last night. So that's why they were doing that was to make sure that nobody missed the entrances, the the beginnings of matches and stuff was because of that. So oh. they saw to get their ads in, but... WWE is like, well, we can't, like, no one's going to be happy if they miss Stone Cold's entrance. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, or they miss Kevin Owens' entrance. So, that's why that happened. So, tonight, okay. when you're watching, if you know it, it's like, man, they're going to commercial line. It's because the not, like me, I just get Peacock for free through my cable. I'm going to be watching a commercial for Mike's Hard Lemonade. So, just okay. a thought there. I did not know that. Um, all right, cool. All right, quick couple things here before we move it's on to the Lions talk here. I know, right? It's weird stuff. Um, thoughts on match placement. I thought this was one of the best cards, top to bottom, the way yeah. they structured this, yep. where I felt like I was on a on a roller coaster and I peaked at the right time. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I felt with this show. Even with the injury in the beginning of the match, I thought they started out slow. Just, let's get the stuff out of the way that people are like, that's mm, okay. And the meat of the show delivered on a technical basis. And then we got the big moment at the end. I thought this was well done all the way through. Yeah, see, that's how. Well, the way they do it is the way I prefer it to yeah, be done absolutely. normally. Is yes. like because when you say so, this match card was like so. If you open with Bianca and um, Becky and Becky, yeah. and then you had the Usos match, and you had another match, mm-hmm. and then you had the Cody thing, and then you had Happy Corbin and Drew McIntyre, then you had the main event, and then you had the yeah. Austin thing. It's just like I feel like you don't have the high, no, long enough. Uh-uh. To be like, because I feel like you'd think less of the show if you're like, well, I guess that match was good. Yeah, and then you like forget. Because you forget like yeah. how good a match was. Uh-huh. But when you have like three really good matches back to back to back. Yeah. And that's one thing I think AEW does well is they usually have like three or four good matches back to back to back to back mm-hmm. to where it's like, man, remember how good that first hour and a half was? Yeah. And then you're like, man, then we still got this to come. And then right we still now, got right, this right, Daniel right. Bryan match. Uh-huh, blah, blah, blah. Sure. So it's like, it's like you can like, you uh, like, it's not just saying, yeah, that first match was good. Then the show kind of got bad. It was like, yeah, that first hour and a half was like really good. So I think for this menu, you can go like, you could probably skip the first 45 minutes if you really wanted to, yeah. but it's like, man, that lasts like 
two hours, two and a half hours. There really wasn't anything I didn't want to watch on that no. show. And no. it gives you a nice starting point where it's like, if you wanted to start at the Mysterios versus Logan Paul and The Miz yeah. and just go from there, yeah. you're like, this is a really solid show. Like, the first yeah. two were like, okay, but like, this is a really, really good show. So yeah. I think I think I prefer it that way. Then it's like, yes. all right, I have to watch this match. All right, skip these next two matches. Uh-huh. Oh, I want to watch that. All right, skip these three. It's like, no, you can just watch I the agree. whole show straight on and I be agree. fine. Give me a grade for this show. Uh, night one. Probably a B plus. Yeah, I'm 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 right. This is like if I gave legitimately if, like if 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 you would have told me right now we had um you'd have taken maybe the first two matches off this card and you put the main event and you put another match like you know, okay. and, uh, I was gonna say so like that and this is my point though yes. right yeah. is if you have this exact card yeah take out the first two matches yep um give me edge and aj get and edge world aj titles. world titles and probably even the raw tags will probably yeah. be a good match too yeah and that's an eight match card it'd probably be an a minus a show yeah it'd be I one know. of the best first manias ever yep i know i know I and that's really all it takes i know i know you know but, but you want to get everyone on. Yeah. Like, I understand yeah, the fact sure. you want to get everyone on and everything. But I think yeah. and I think for a two-night format, this is probably the best, this is the best idea I, yeah. of this the two-match format. This first two-night, this one here, is the best one they've done so far, I yes. think. From a, from a technical standpoint, from a storytelling, yeah. from a match placement. I know we haven't seen night two yet, so we're putting this over pretty hard. But night one, I think, delivered in spades. It felt like WrestleMania should. Yeah. Where I left that night and I said... That was a really freaking good show. I had a good time. I enjoy. I didn't leave thinking, God, like, man, that was all right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't leave like, ugh. And I also think that for the first time in a really, really long time, yeah. where I think you leave this show and the idea of what night two can bring, yeah. and you actually look forward to maybe yeah. Raw and SmackDown. It's kind of, it's really close to what, what so AEW crazy. did for All Out this past year, where you had Punk debut you had brian and cole come in mm-hmm. and you're like man that wednesday show is gonna be you're like you're yeah. gonna have so much stuff to go over and mm-hmm. so much stuff to cover yeah. like that raw this raw after it's like all right cody's have, gonna have to come out i have major expectations like miz is gonna have to explain what he did you know you're gonna have reigns having or lesnar whoever wins yep. gotta talk their thing yep. you know set up their next match you're gonna have debuts with Braun breaker and a couple other guys probably next week like we got so much to go over next week but like like that raw and even smackdown after should be yep. really good. Now, yes. if they're anything like Rawls normally are, you'll go in and go, ah, yeah. oh, this sucks. I, but everything I'm reading, they're saying they're going to be, ran- they have big plans. And yeah, I am but it should moosh, be, moosh but there should be a really high chance that this Raw after actually gets people excited for the year of wrestling am, for WWE. Yes, I'm very excited. This It's it, everything that we think WWE can be. We yeah. just need to see it consistently. Yeah. And this is the part that's frustrating is when we see stuff like this, you go, God bless it. Why can't you do it, it all the time? We have it. It's yeah. right here. We have yeah. it. Yeah, why can't you just do it all the time? Yeah, exactly. My goodness. Or at least, you know, on the big shows, if nothing else. Like, yeah. damn, like, why does Survivor Series make me want to hurt myself? Yeah, why like, is SummerSlam? <laughs> like, you look at this show and you look at SummerSlam last year, this last year, and you go, wow, this is just so much better. Than and I was excited was. for SummerSlam. Summer 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 I was like, you got seen in rain. This is a big deal. And then really, you're like, yeah, but everything else kind of was poopy. So yeah, it's, it's and this one, and this one, like, the main event might be like, the third or fourth best match on the entire WrestleMania show. Craziness. Absolute craziness. All right. Let's shift focus here a little bit. We're talking night two, as well as the Raw and SmackDown news after uh, Mania as well. So we're going to be covering all that next week. Um, I do want to shift focus, though, because I do think as much wrestling talk has dominated this show, I do think that the city of Detroit uh, and the Lions organization had a huge week yeah, this week. Um, so let's start off with the I, – I think the more exciting news is Hard Knocks because yeah. it's coming right around the corner here. Lions are on Hard Knocks, ladies and gentlemen. Um, well, I, I feel like like we're the only team 
Yeah. They almost they could have picked. Yeah. Well, like, I know there was like Carolina. I know like I Carolina think. and a couple other teams yeah. are Maybe eligible. Washington? But like we've been on the cusp of like in the discussion of having it for like six seasons. Yeah. So they're like, you know what? Well, because either we always had a new head coach. Yeah. Either we, always... we made the playoffs or we made the, we didn't have a new head coach. So it's like, oh well, all right. Yeah, we can't do it so, this year. So this is like the first year where you have a second coach. Yeah. Second year in the coach. And we haven't made the playoffs. We didn't make it. Yeah. So it's like, so all right. you're like, I I am beyond excited for yeah. this. This is gonna be awesome. I really hope this puts down this narrative that Dan Campbell is just some meathead, though. Like, if there's one goal out of this show, outside of just being able to see stuff, right? That's cool. But, like, to get rid of, like, okay, like, I get it. He's gonna, we're gonna bite kneecaps off. But it's, it's like, this was a year ago. Can we, can we finally move away from that narrative of this guy is just this crazy? Mm -hmm. Because everything I'm hearing, like, Michael Brock was on Rich Eyes and he's like, Dan Campbell doesn't say a whole lot. He goes, Deuce Staley doesn't shut the hell up. And, you know, they're always competing back and forth. But Campbell lets us do our thing, mm -hmm. you know. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that dynamic and really being able to really showcase this coaching staff because I think you just got characters on characters on characters. Yeah. And this draft, too, right? Like, this draft where they've got all this draft capital, mm -hmm. there's just so many storylines going into this season, right? What are they going to do with Jared Goff, right? Yeah. What are we doing at the number two pick? We've got five picks in the first 98, like – a lot of stuff to go over in a five episode series which is mm -hmm. i always thought it was longer in five episodes no apparently not so much um thoughts on hard knocks though i mean i i, I you texted me and i lost my mind i was like what and i went and checked out everywhere and <laughs> i was losing my mind so yeah. i'm excited beyond belief i don't know how excited you are for it necessarily but i'm pretty pumped yeah i i know we don't watch hard knocks i don't either that's the thing i have never had a reason to yeah. But this year, I'm like, oh, HBO Max, appointment viewing for me. Yeah, like, I, I'll i watch it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I'll probably – I say it now that I'm like, whatever. But, like, usually around August time, yeah, I, I just, like – you just get more excited because oh, yeah, you know you're, you're like a month yeah. away. So, like, I'll be more excited yeah. when it comes out. Mm -hmm. But, like, at this moment, at this second, I'm yeah. like, it's, yeah. it's yeah. fine. I never watched it. I never thought it was, like – great tv to no. watch anyway i actually think the all or nothing series by amazon is way better yeah i've never watched that. yeah i've watched those, a season of really that yeah good. yeah but like i just like hard knocks to me i was just like cool and it's funny because like they always pick an awful team who's not gonna be good yeah. so like it's always like ah right, we're gonna go follow the jets around i go yeah You're like, okay sure yeah, okay great. like cool that's fun like i don't i don't care i got a big question for you at the end of this segment here and i want to ask you but okay. uh, other thing too before we get to the mock draft portion um and the other big news coming for the city of Detroit is uh, we landed the 2024 NFL draft. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty freaking exciting for the draft. Not that I am. You bet your ass I'm down there all three days. Um, I will not be there. Yeah, Sorry, I'm not yeah, attending. That's okay. Um, I'll be at home I'll watching. Cover, I'll cover for you. But, like, that's huge news for yeah. the city, right? And the fact that the Lions were able to get this, they beat out Green Bay, and I think Washington, I want to say, is the other team that had a chance. Not hard. I know Green Bay for sure because yeah. I laughed. Um, but... The fact that they get this, they haven't. The city of Detroit hasn't had a big sports thing since the Final Four, like two thousand nine. Mm -hmm. So, um, this is a big deal yeah. for for the city of Detroit. Um, talk to me a little bit about what your thoughts were when you when you heard it, because I, I once again I texted my dad. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the best day ever!" Because <laughs> like you know we're such big draft guys, so like this yeah. is you know I was like, "This is yeah. awesome." Yeah, again, um, twenty twenty four. It's a little harder to be yeah, excited 20... about because two years away. But yeah, still. two years away and. We might be, we might not even have like, we might not be picking. We might be a good team by then and be picking twenty five. I'll go. I don't care who we draft at that point. 
Um, coming off a Super Bowl win. We're coming off a Super Bowl win. We're picking 32. <laughs> it's just like, I don't give a shit who we pick. Um, Can you imagine, though, going into the 2024 draft, Lions have this win this year. Somehow, every other team blows up, and we win the Super Bowl, and we're the 32nd, we're the Super Bowl champions in Detroit yeah. for the draft. Boy, oh, oh boy. boy. Um, Not going to yeah. happen, but wow. But yeah, I mean, it's it's an event. It's good for Detroit, but I just don't. I'll right. watch it at home. I like, I couldn't tell you. Like, if you were like four years ago, yeah. where it was the draft? Oh, yeah. Right. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. like, outside of like, I know it's in Detroit, or I know it's in Kansas City next year. Mm-hmm. I don't even know where the draft is this year. Vegas. Okay. Vegas, cool. Yeah. Sounds cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just don't. Well, for years, it was always in New York, in the Radio City Music Hall in yeah. New York. So, yeah. it's like, we're, and they finally, this this is a recent thing that they started hopping around. Yeah. So, so like, I, like, anyway. I literally could not have told you that. So, for sure. I, um, I just watched Well, it. the draft has just become this big thing, right? Remember, like, yeah. we used to go on one day, on a Saturday, it was like, started at like 10 in the morning, and yeah. then by like, six o'clock at night like oh it's the seventh round thankfully like we got through it um talk to me a little bit though about how like i feel like i don't know necessarily if they're related or not the the two things kind of collapsing at the same time or not but like it feels to me that the nfl is a little bit like i think digging what the lions are doing a little bit low-key here because and, and here's my rationale behind this right is that I think that they can look at it, and they look at a team like Jacksonville, where they it was a high publicity hire, right? It could not have gone worse for them, right? And they even have Trevor Lawrence, who is supposed to be the second coming of you know Andrew Luck or whatever, right? And yet you look at this Detroit Lions team, and you go, okay, they got this dude who's talking about eating people. We got, you know what I mean? Like he looks like a lion a little bit somehow. If you look in the right light, like his face looks like a lion. I don't know how to describe it. Um, but this team was competitive last year. There was times where you're like, man, I mean, they should have beaten Baltimore. You probably should have beaten the Browns. Like there was games where like you felt like this team belonged on the field. You saw the amount of depth and the amount of growth that they saw. I think the NFL's digging the lions a little bit. I don't know why I feel like that, but I feel like they are. I feel like they're digging what Detroit's got going on right now. And I know it's kind of a reach, but, like, you can't tell me right now that teams around the league aren't looking at what Detroit's doing right now and going, hmm, that could be a problem in a year or two. Like, I, I really I really do think that. I think that people are like, man, because here's the deal. You know Aaron Glenn's going to get hired away from this team next year. So you're going to have – when's the last time a coordinator from the Detroit Lions – became a head coach of another NFL franchise. I'll tell you when. It ain't happening. Okay? You've got depth on your coaching staff. You've got guys that are going on major publications like the Rich Eisen podcast and telling them, like, Detroit is a place to be because Uh we are allowed to be players, and he understands, and this team understands, and the culture and everything else. Like, it needs to translate to wins, and I get that. But you can't tell me right now that there is not something about this team right now going in. I feel like we are headed – for like this super explosion where like in like next year, this time where we're going to be talking about like this team being like playoffs are not necessarily unattainable. That's how I feel. right. I now. mean, I would hope for at that point, but, but like, year. but I, I'm be, like, no, but seriously, like I'm looking at it and I go, you can't tell me right now that there is not some level of excitement outside of the cynical. Well, I've been watching the Lions for 16 years. They're the same old lines until they sell the team, blah, 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 stick it up your ass. But like the non ninety seven one the ticket listeners. Yeah. You can't tell me right now that there is not something about this team to make you go 
Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a little something here. I don't know. I just feel like I, we are at a point, and it's not anything they've done in free agency. They didn't make that big splash signing. They haven't done anything to make you warrant this. But I feel like there's people that are just like, man, look out. Maybe they finally figured it out. Maybe finally they've got somebody in charge who knows what the hell they're doing. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I, I think you're... I may be drinking the Kool Aid. I think fine. you're drinking a little Kool Aid. That's fine, but I just like I feel it, and then, like this year they're gonna win six games, and everyone's gonna be like, "Well, oh, same old thing." But like, I just feel like they are like getting in that launch position almost before we see that. And I'm not talking like Cincinnati Bengals where they just go from zero to the Super Bowl. I'm yeah. not saying that, but like to the point where like, man, Green Bay's faltering a little bit. Minnesota's gonna have to rebuild. Chicago is farther back behind than we are right now. They traded mm. away everybody. Where I feel like they're getting to that point where it's like, man, maybe we should start talking about the Lions in that NFC North conversation where, all right, they should be in the playoffs. They should be competing going to the NFC Championship game. I really feel like these next two years, yeah, it's like they're I, super exploding. I, I, think, I think we're still a couple years away from that. But, yeah. you I know, coming, I, I, think I, I think you're in the Kool-Aid. I think it's coming. I'm telling you, man. I, not this year. I know. I listen. I get it. There is, I, I mean, I'm, we're talking. I'm talking to the guy who, like, two years ago, thought this team was gonna be like 12 win team. I did. I did. I thought so. I believed. I tried. I, well, so, I like, tried to convince myself. But like, I'm talking just strictly from the out, from all the yeah. things that I'm not hearing from inside the building. Yeah. I'm talking about everything I'm seeing outside of it. Right. Yeah. The things that you're just like, man. Everybody is talking about how this coaching staff is legit. Everyone's talking about like players are like are excited. About what, even former players like Slay and stuff like that are like excited for the team again now that Fatty is gone. Like, there's just things that are that you see that are signals mm-hmm. from other players even and players that are signing here were like, I wanted to come here because I was in a cra- like the fact that DJ Chark was like, I want to come to the Lions because I want because I saw what they were doing and it's like, man, that's something that I could I could get I could wrap my head around coming out of that toxic place he was in Jacksonville. It sounds very familiar when people were leaving here and go, yeah, this place sucked. I don't want to be here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I just think there's something to that, and I think it's, I think it's good. I think it's the first time in a long time that I think we're, there's a reason to be like, maybe, just maybe, we got something here. You know? Yeah. And this is where Brad Holmes is supposed to shine, is this month. So yep. I'm ready for it. Uh, we well, right. hope so. Last topic of the day. Let's get to it. Mock Draft Corner. Who's it by? Why am I going to be disappointed? Is it right, no, Walker? So I, going to be pissed. No, so I have a okay. Lions only Ooh, all right. one okay. because no one wanted to update their drafts. <laughs> yeah, I know. So We're kind of in that lull period right now a little bit. Yeah, because yeah. like, nothing new is happening. So no. everyone's just like, oh, the most updated one's March 29th. I'm yeah. like, well, that was like two yeah, weeks right. ago. So yeah, for sure. I'm not going to use that one because they're going to have us picking like some random no-no that yep. I don't know. Yep. So... This is a Detroit Lions-specific seven-round mock draft. So I guess we can go through all seven rounds because I'm not going to talk about any other teams in this one. (laughs) Now, this doesn't necessarily give me, like, everyone that's around when we pick. It's just like, here's a a pick and a rationale. So I'm going to give you the pick, the rationale, and we'll see if you pee yourself or not. (laughs) All right. So, number so, and there's no, it doesn't seem like there's any trades, trades so we're yeah. just going straight up here. I don't like box up predict trades because it's, it's, you can't. There's yeah, no way to do it. So yeah. it's like, uh, so first round, number two, overall pick, Detroit Lions, take Malik Willis. 
No, I'm just throwing it out. I don't uh, know. Georgia D-line, Trayvon Walker. Oh, God. I, here, I'm going to say it again. I've said it multiple times now. I don't understand how this guy is falling or is rising so high up these draft boards. He had five and a half sacks his whole career at Georgia. I get it. They asked him to run stop. I get that. That's fine. But you can't tell me just because he had a freakish athletic combine that all of a sudden he needs to be the second coming yes. of Warren Sapp. I See, I, I, I believe that if you're going to take a D-lineman, you're just going to take Thibodeau. Just take Thibodeau because here's the deal. Guess what? I, you can make the argument right now, well, Thibodeau, he's got a, he's got a higher bust potential than Hutchinson. Okay, well, Hutchinson's going one. Yeah. So unless the Jaguars do something crazy, yeah. which, fine. If they do, it's the Jags, whatever. But, like, if, if Hutchinson's the guy, fine. But it, I don't understand how people have completely soured on Thibodeau. He was – the number one guy all year, all year, no matter whether Oregon was winning or losing, and every Lions fan was like, man, let's just let's win a game so we don't go 0-17, and then let's get the first pick so we can draft Kayvon Thibodeau to be our new pass rusher. That was the rhetoric all year. And now we're completely dismissing this guy. Why? Because Aiden Hutchinson is not going to be there? Mm-hmm. When nobody was talking about Hutchinson being that guy at number two for, I don't know, all year until what Ohio State? So, as much as I love Hutchinson, I'll be thrilled if they get him. I'll just be—I'll be just as happy with Thibodeau. You know, they sent seven guys to his pro day, including Brad Holmes and Chris Spielman. To tell me that they're not heavy into Thibodeau is insane to me. I've been—I've been telling people don't be shocked if Malik Willis goes here at two, just because I'm trying to prepare myself mm-hmm. for that potential reality. But Thibodeau in my opinion, as of this writing, should be the pick if Hutchinson's gone. If it's between him and Hutchinson and they like Hutchinson better, all for it, fine. Yeah. But I think Tim Yeah, if if um, if Jacksonville picks like Evan Neal number yeah. one, then yeah. it's like, okay, then I think it's Hutchinson T- yeah. or Thibodeau. Take your lead. take whoever you like better. I don't care. Yeah, this but I think now. I think now I think you're like Thibodeau is like seventy percent. Yeah. I think like Kyle Hamilton and Malik yeah. Willis are like fifteen percent. I don't each. think Walker should be in the conversation. I get no. it. He had a great combine. But that does not just because you can run fast in shorts has nothing to do with the fact that you are drafting a, a if you're drafting a defensive lineman, mm-hmm. especially a guy who's supposed to be a DN technically, and you can't rush the passer. I'm sorry, I had one of those in Trey Flowers that I just paid ninety billion dollars to. I don't need that. Mm-hmm. I need somebody who can put pressure on Aaron Rodgers and not allow him to hold the ball for fourteen seconds to pick apart our young inexperienced secondary. I need somebody who can get me 10 sacks. Mm-hmm. That's what I need. So I disagree wholeheartedly with that pick. And it is the, I will go on record right now and say, if that's the pick, I am going to come on this show that following week and be pissed because that's the one pick they can make out of the ones that have been mocked. If they take Jordan Davis or something like that, I'm going to lose my mind. But like if out of those three guys, Thibodeau, Hamilton, Malik Wills, and Trayvon Walker, if Walker's the pick, I'm going to be pissed. Yep. All right. So, <laughs> oh God, I'm so mad. Okay. So anyway, so pick number thirty-two. I think this one will lighten your spirits up a little bit. Number thirty-two, <laughs> they pick Georgia linebacker Nakobe Dean. I would love this. This I would think, be awesome. I, I think this would be a slam dunk pick on so many. And levels. I've seen because of the trades late in the mm-hmm. first round and like mid first round, mm-hmm. I've seen because like Packers are going to take wide receiver, offensive lineman, Chiefs look for a wide receiver, and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like because of the trades that happen late. I don't think a lot of those late teams are going to be looking for your star yes. middle linebacker. Right. So right. I think there's a very good chance. And I do think that if, if you come up to pick 27, 28, 
and you're like Nicole Dean still there, I think you can package that and one of your thirds try to jump up three, four spots and try to get him. So I I think I think there's a very good chance that Nicole Dean sitting at twenty five, twenty six, Lions are gonna do whatever they can to go get him. Yeah, I think that they're looking Deep in this linebacking class, they didn't do anything really to address it. I know Jared Davis is back, and that's fine. Yeah. But, but again, him and Alex Hans only both are on one year, so it's like yes. you still have to find someone to fill in. Yeah, yeah, you need yeah you need your dog. Yeah, and him I and think, Derek Barnes would be really good together. Yeah, I, so. I, this that is a pick that I love a lot. I I would be, and I know people are really carping on wide receiver, but I'm telling you right now, guys, they are not going to reach for one. This team the. We saw it last year, right, with everyone's freaking out. they got to take a wide receiver. they got to take a wide receiver. they got to take a wide receiver. They waited for round four to take a wide receiver last year. So I'm telling you now, they have DJ Chark. They've got Amon Ross St. Brown. They've got Josh Reynolds. They've got Khalif Raymond and Quintez Cephas. And if you want to throw Trinity Benson in there, fine. They have six guys that they like a lot. Mm-hmm. So do not be shocked. I'm telling you now, if they don't take one at 32 or 34, I'm just saying it right now because I know people are like, okay, we're going to take DN, safety, wide receiver, and those somehow yeah. that mix. I don't think it's going to happen that way. I just yeah. don't. No Kobe Dean, no, 32, awesome. Yeah. So at 30, so now at 34 here. Zach Hill. No. But now in this in the package, they say that Zach Hill's on the table. Okay. And this, it could be the pick. Okay. He said he's very 50-50. They all, here he has John Menchie going 34. This um, is too high for me yeah. on Mechie. Um I yeah, I, I would probably take Daxon Hill if he was there, I but I would too. Um, and, and here's the and here's the reason why though. I, I think a Mechie's coming off an injury, number yeah. one. Number two, I don't understand where the love is to get him this high. Uh, he he's been hurt a while. He didn't run. Like I think he's a guy that I think they can get in round three, especially yeah. at pick ninety seven, mm-hmm. or even in round four if they figure out how to trade up in the I, I think that's too high for me personally. Yeah. Don't mind now, the positional value. I was going to say, like a George Pickens, I think, or like a Trayvon Burks or something, maybe I would yeah. rather take there. But like Pickens is hard for me because he ran slow too. That's the yeah, but he's got big I hands. Know, he's big. I know, he's big but he, like, he wears those four XLs yeah, for a reason. I but I don't need a, I don't need a four nine receiver run. I mean, he didn't run a four nine, but you know what I mean. Like, it's, yeah. yeah, it's scary to me. I think Daxton Hill, especially because you have nobody playing safety for you right that's now. That's how I Tracy. Yeah. yeah, like you need somebody. Yep. Daxon Hill, I don't know if you saw his combine workout. Yeah. Smooth, baby. Smooth. Um. So, yes, third round. Great. Third round, pick number 66. They take Cincinnati Bengals. Or Cincinnati, oh gosh, Cincinnati, Bengals. <laughs> Cincinnati Wildcat corner, Kobe Bryant. The thingy bobbler here says he's no Mount Garner, but Whoa. he's no prospect doubt. largely believed to be the best – corner and one of the best corners in this year's drafts him and him and Gardner are both like locked on at corner basically um and I think it's just like you have Jeff Okuda you'd have uh, Amani O'Rourke you have like Jerry Jacobs as like a third guy kind of or whatever so it's like if you could just kind of fill him in as a as an Amalfano if you had a if you added him into that mix and I think it'd be pretty good. Signed from Kansas City, so yeah. So I think, so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I, with the positional value there, I don't know if corner yeah. is the need there, but also I wouldn't mind I, getting depth there either. The I don't think that they're out on corner because of that same fact. You don't know what Okuda is. Are you bringing back a Warrior? Mike Hughes has done a one-year deal. Malafon was coming off an injury. There's a lot of yeah, question questions. marks at that spot, so it's hard for yeah. me to be like, "Well, they're not going to take corner." I think they have a very I, loaded is probably not the right word, but I guess cramped. Mm-hmm cornerback room but i think if like booth from clemson falls to 32 you can't tell me that they're going to be like no i'm not gonna you know just from the value perspective once again it's gonna be very 
best player available, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, as long as there's no lineman in the first three picks, I'll be fine. <laughs> yep. Third round, pick number 297. They pick Oklahoma linebacker Brian Azamoa. In this article, Thingamajigger, they say that he showcased a, he's one of the best run-stuffing linebackers, so he stops runs. No idea. That's okay. I know I, very little about this guy. So. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is the spot where, like, if you wanted to grab an interior offensive lineman or if you wanted to grab a wide receiver, I feel like that would have been the spot to do it at this pick here Yeah. Um, just because of that. But as we kind of well, get further in this draft, you're going to be like, I don't know who the hell these people are. Yeah, so I was going to say, fifth round, they picked Tennessee. I likely would have been a good pick here in the third round as well. Yeah. Tight end, that's a name to watch for a while as well. Fifth round, pick number 177, they picked yeah. Tennessee offensive lineman Cade Mays because he they, he's not the – best offensive lineman out there but with the depth that they have at the offensive line position just adding a little more would be good yeah, there depth is depth yeah just adding another guard or it says he can play guard and tackle but he's mostly a guard that's so probably better and that's probably why yeah they need him at guard yeah. anyway uh got the swing tackle already yep and then let's see they pick running back from georgia zamir white Woo! Who also Zeus? is really good. Zeus? He runs a four four forty. That's one of your sixth round picks here. Um, just adds to the running back room. Yeah, that's a tough one. I actually really like Zamir White, but I don't necessarily know if that's a great value for them because you've got Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift, Craig Reynolds, Jamar Jefferson. Like I just named yeah. four guys right off the top of my head that like I'm like. And now listen, I'm not saying Jamar Jefferson and Craig Reynolds are the bee's knees here, but at the same time, is that really best use of your pick here when you you know you're you probably need safety help still, depending on what you do at, you know, I think there's other positions you could, you know, yeah. tight end. You don't have a tight end too right now still. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not a good draft for this class, for tight end, but I'm just throwing it out there. I'm yeah. not going to be upset by it. Once we get fifth, sixth, seventh round, you're like, yeah. Right. I was going to say, in the seventh round here, you got Indiana wide receiver Ty Freifogel, who's sure. six foot two, 205, big body receiver. So Quintess Evans? He's basically Quintess Evans probably. Yeah. I don't know. Outside of the first pick, I'm okay. I mean, John Metchie kind of goes a little high, but I'm going to leave my faith in Brad Holmes unless it takes Trayvon Walker, in which case I'm going to be pissed. But I don't think he's going to do that, so we're going to we're gonna leave that on a good note. All right, that's going to be it for this week's show, though, guys. Next week, obviously, WrestleMania Night 2, Raw, Postmania. We're covering it. SmackDown, we're covering it. Um, we're also going to be talking NBA playoffs. We're going to be talking um, the end of the Red Wing season as well, kind of upcoming changes potentially. And we're also going to be probably talking. Are we talking Tigers next week too, Mike? Yeah. Talking Tigers next week as well. So lots of good stuff coming your way, guys, next week. Uh, thanks for hanging with us. On behalf of the Missing Whale Man, he's the Merck's own Mike Merkel. I'm the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medica, and we will see you guys as always next time. <laughs>